podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series that's dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. Yay! I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is Miss Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. So it's my turn today. Woohoo! About fucking time. I know, it's amazing, huh? Doing okay over there? I am. I'm hungry, and you told me at the last minute, let's go, <laughs> let's roll, and I'm like, I'm still eating! <laughs> yeah, good. Let me just stay quiet. <laughs> All right, today, I'm doing Mr. Chester Dwayne Turner. Here's my opening thoughts. Uh-oh. You've already been bitching about this guy, so I'm scared what you're going to I have. Say. I, I don't like this guy, like, one bit, and honestly, you know how I normally will find... Something mm-hmm. good. Much like our Monday episode, I find nothing redeeming about this literal piece of human garbage. Yeah, because you couldn't find anything redeeming about Colin Norris either. No. I put him right. He's, he's in my hormonal category, too. Yeah. This is a sick, sad world. To me, it seems to get somewhat worse in larger cities. I often ask myself why that is. Could it be that there's more people in cities like Los Angeles, New York, Boston, or do larger cities find themselves being a breeding ground for anger, hate, and disturbing behavior? Maybe large cities attract those who are wrong inside, much like a restaurant attracts hungry people. The hunger that we're featuring today isn't the kind that can be sated by food. It's a hunger brought on by a disturbed mind and a dark soul. With that said, I present to you Chester Turner. Wow, that was... That was my my thought after researching this thing. That was (laughs) verbose. Thank you. Thank you. I'm... Wow. I have a green boat myself, not a verbose, but... (laughs) You like that one? Yeah. Dad jokes. Chester was born November 5th, 1966 in Warren, Arkansas. When he was five years old, he moved to L.A. with his mother after his parents had separated While Chester did attend school, he dropped out sometime in his high school days and he found work as a cook and a pizza delivery person for Domino's Pizza. Good career choice right there, Chester. Bet your parents are proud. Dude, I love Domino's Pizza. Shut up. No, I don't. I I, I like them. See, I like their thin crust sausage with extra mushroom. uh, There's better places. Like if I'm towards Eugene... I'll order my boy's pizza. I know. plug for them. They're fucking amazing. You've sent me pictures amazing. and you've never brought me any, so screw you. If I'm staying in Gold Beach, Oregon, then it's got to be my family pizza. Because they are, oh my God, amazing. That is so good that you, will, you, would, you would shank somebody to get their slice. That's how good that is. Okay, well my whole thing is, is next time you do an overnight, because those are usually the two places you stay... If I don't get some pizza, somebody else is getting shit. No, we gotta drive down. You gotta get it. Gotta get it fresh. Anyway, here we go. Let's go. His Shame mother seems to have done all that she could to support Chester. They didn't have much money, so Chester was what's called the latchkey kid. Oh yeah. He was left, which means that he was left home while she went to work. Right. They don't call them latchkey kids anymore. They call them kids. Latchkey kids. I call them little hoodlums and Walmart. Well, they don't call them latchkey anymore because that's how society is now, pretty much. You well, know? I call them little hoodlums when they get into Walmart, but that's just me. All right, my personal thoughts. Because it's in red, so I know it's from me. 
So as of right now, I can see how their socioeconomic situation could have, could have had an effect on Chester's thought process. When you have no adult supervision, support, or directions, kids tend to, kids tend to look at other places to get that. A good way to understand that is ask yourself, who's teaching your kids when you plant them in front of the TV all day long? Yeah. Kids are like little sponges, as well as we all know. Uh, where they absorb information is something that we as parents can control to a point. Right. This he, is true. So he kept working for Domino's and living with his mom until his mom moved to Utah. So his mom said, adios, bitch nachos. After his mom left, Chester lived home, in, in homeless shelters and missions. Wow. How old was he? I don't think he was like in his... I'd have to do some fucking math. This is in like 95-ish, so... Oh, so he was already six. an adult. Yeah, he was an adult. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's not like he was like no, 10 years old. No, because like, I was like, wait a minute. I here. didn't hear you say what year it was. So. <laughs> uh, in the time between 1995 and 2002, he was jailed seven times. Six of those uh, crimes were nonviolent, and one was for assaulting an officer. Oh, okay. Between 1987 and 1998... There were 13 murders in L.A. within a four. I've, now, here's the thing. I saw some that said within a four block radius of, of the streets I'm about ready to give you. And some said a 20 block radius. Okay. So we could probably happily say between 10 blocks. Between four and 20. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, describe the suspect. He was between five foot tall and nine feet tall. <laughs> he either had blonde, black, or brown hair. Mm-hmm. And I think that he had, definitely had eyes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so this was along a, a uh, what was called Figueroa Street and Gage Avenue and 108th Street in, in L.A. So we're talking south, south central L.A. Yeah. There were two murders that were outside of a floor, the, this specific four block area that were in L.A. County area and not in the city. Paula Vance and Brenda Breeze were the two victims. Now this is going to play in later, okay? There, there was a witness to the killing of Paula Vance. A person from a nearby trailer park, Yeehaw, had seen the killing, and there was DNA collected at the crime scene. Looking back for a moment in time, I really want to know and understand what kind of person that we're dealing with. I found the following article, and I'm going to read it to you. And it pretty well wraps most shit up. Really? Oh, it's, it's a well-written article. It's called The Silent Wraith. Chester Turner, by Christine Pelisek of the L.A. Weekly. She's the one. Oh, my God. Do you know who she is? No, I have no idea. She's the one that broke the uh, Grim Sleeper case. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. I think, you know what? Honestly, uh, there's a lot of reporters when I read their articles, I go, eh, you're okay. Eh, Mm -hmm. Fuck you. No, yeah, she broke the Grim Sleeper case wide open. Whenever I read anything from Christine Pelisek, and my brain always tries to pronounce the name, and I'm probably... But anyway, amazing, amazing yeah. writer. She's an amazing, amazing investigative reporter. I'd like to talk to her, too. On a spring day in 1993, Jerry Johnson held a repast dinner for his 29-year-old murdered daughter, Andrea Trippett. It was, it was the end of the day marked by two burials, Andrea's and that of her five-and-a-half-month-old fetus. Oh, wow poignantly laid to rest at her mother's feet. Close by, filling her home and backyard, bringing food and eating together, were family and friends, including a quite familiar neighborhood man, 
by the name of Chester Turner. So he's back there eating her food. Wow. Like celebrating her life. Yeah. After the barrel. Yeah. Turner joined the mourners in the backyard eating my food, Johnson says. Widely known, widely known for his violent temper, he hung around the nearby liquor store on Figueroa and 76th Streets and earned the name Cisco for the wine cooler he favored. Standing around, Johnson says, that is what, in quotes, Turner was known for. He also used to walk the streets near his home with a buddy named Elliot, hung, hang out with the local prostitutes on Figueroa, and get into brawls with neighborhood kids. Because, you know, he's a manly man. He has to beat up neighborhood kids. Yeah. He was known in the neighborhood as someone who was off his rocker when he got mad, says a close friend who has always known Turner but refused to be identified. My personal thought. <laughs> After I read this article, I got the feeling that not only was Chester Turner a sick person, but he was a bully and felt a sense of entitlement. Yeah. It's bad enough that he killed these people's daughter. But to show up and eat their food and act like there was nothing wrong sickens me. Yeah, it's like he was gloating in their sadness. Right. And let's not forget that she was also pregnant. And I'm sure that the family was excited that, she'd be, that, that she would be giving them a grandchild as well. Yeah. Wow. Dude, this is a sick bastard. So later on, Chester was arrested for sexually assaulting a 47-year-old woman on March, in March of 2002. And according to reports, he assaulted the victim for about two hours and threatened to kill her if she called the cops. So two straight hours of nothing but assaulting her. Wow. He was sentenced to prison, and they took a DNA sample from him when he, uh, to enter it into CODIS. Oh, yeah. And for those of you who don't know what that means, because I didn't until recently, the Combined DNA Index System is CODIS. I told you that the last time we had you this. You did? Uh, don't do drugs, yeah. because you forget During shit. During Lonnie Franklin, asshole. Oh, who are you? Look, look, look Paula. Um, <laughs> Thank you for not calling me Melissa again. <laughs> no problem, Dina. They got a hit on his DNA to the murders of Paula Vance and Mildred Beasley. See, Paula Vance is coming back in. That's yeah. where they got the DNA. The police started to take a close look at Chester Turner to see if his DNA matched any other cases. <laughs> and that's the end of the article. Oh, wow. He was dubbed the Southside Strangler for a short while because it was thought that the murders that he committed were that of another serial killer, Tammy. Do you know what killer that is? Lonnie Franklin Jr. Ooh, you good, girl. Go on with your big bad self. As soon as you said Southside Slayer, I knew, because that was one of Lonnie's names. Right, and this is kind of a short episode right here, so we're going to discuss yeah. the parallels between the two of them here yeah. um, after the rest of this. In the end, Chester was convicted of 10 murders in L.A. and one fetus. He was sentenced to death for those killings. Then, in June of 2014, he was convicted of four more murders yeah. and received death penalty for a second time. Chester Turner is still alive and awaiting execution. At the, Everybody on death row is still alive down there right now. That's what I said. <laughs> and at the time, the state of, and at this time, state of California has a, a moratorium on the death penalty. And here's my final thoughts, which looks like it's fucking pretty goddamn long. What the hell did I write? Wow. 
here's my final thought, and you're you're gonna understand this as I'm reading. Anyway. Oh yeah. This is yet yet another example of people who are victimized in this world. His victim pool was mostly hookers and homeless women. Mostly. As you can imagine, no one was looking too closely at him. I also believe that Chester Turner should have stood out to the detectives that were working the case. He lived in the area, had a history of violence, and a history of rape. Yeah, and a history of violence towards women, period. And the rape, yeah. I'm not saying that everyone with a history of violence is a killer or that they can't change their lives. But in Chester's case, he had not changed. He only got worse as time went on. When you're known as a bully of the block and you're beating up on those who might not be as big or as strong as you are, I feel that the cops should have taken a closer look at those kinds of people who are close. Yeah. As for those who have broken the cycle of violence, I commend you. I'm one of those people with a history of violence. I'm not a rapist. Let me make that clear. I put that as it, but I lost my place. So, yeah, that was great. Um, I have a history of fighting and a history of being mostly verbally abusive to those that I love. I don't believe that anyone is stuck with bad behaviors. I don't believe that we do things just because it's how we were raised. Yeah. We make the choices that we make. And here's your questions. And I actually put, okay, Tam. You're going to love this one. Of course, okay, Tam, question time. All right. Nature or nurture? Total nurture. 100%. Total fucking nurture. Yeah. You have an absentee parent. You're allowed you to kind absentee parent, single mother, absentee parent, latchkey kid. And I want to point out, I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad no. about his mom because no, she had to work to support him. She did. You know, she did. She? But we're not hearing what the, it, those people who were kind of keeping an eye on him while she was gone. Because, you know, even latchkey kids have somebody, you know, like a neighbor or somebody, <laughs> you know, that kind of checks in on him right. occasionally. What kind of influence they had on his life. Right. Uh, kids absorb information from all, all sorts of sorts plates. All sorts of things, it's, yeah. It's, it's your neighbors. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the friends you hang out with. It's media. It's TV. In today's, uh, you know, society, it's everything from, from video games to social media. Yeah, to podcasts. Yeah, to, everything. To podcasts like ours where they're going, huh, Scott's teaching me how to be a good killer. I'm going to take some yeah. classes. Well, we do have explicit on there, but that doesn't mean a kid can't get around that. Exactly. I mean, let's think, be honest. Do you think that Chester has more victims that they missed and perhaps those murders were blamed on another, someone else? Oh, yes, I do. Ah, see, I thought the same thing. Yes, I do. Yeah, well, one, 100%. Because I, I read a brief blurb when I was looking for photos about how um, somebody was wrongfully <coughs> convicted of uh, like four of his murders, three or four of them, two maybe? There was him, and there was another one that I was looking. Oh, Bonin. Bonin has a, another one that, like the, that. Oh yeah. Somebody got wrong, but we'll get into him on tomorrow's yeah, episode. Yeah, he's tomorrow. But yeah, because I read somewhere that there was I I can't remember if it was two, three, or four victims that this other guy was wrongfully convicted of, and when they um, saw Chester Turner, it's like they could have just left that guy in jail, saying, "Oh, you know, we've already solved this crime." But they decided to reopen those cases anyways and found out that Chester Turner was actually the culprit and not this other guy. Which I totally appreciate. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Because it's, it's so easy to become complacent in any job. Exactly. But, you know, you're here in law enforcement. You've got a huge caseload. Well, load. and it's 
law enforcement for them to reopen a case, period, is a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, you, it's solved. Why should we bother? When did you see the, the, the pictures of this guy? He's just a I, smug-ass shit. Yeah, I've only found three so far, but it's like even his booking photo, his mugshot. Yeah. He just had this air of like... Entitlement. Yeah, unwarranted entitlement. Like, how can you arrest me for killing people? I have a right to kill people if I want, because I'm Chester Turner. Isn't <laughs> it a free country? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah, Chester, you're not you're, you're not all that. You're nothing but a basic Yeah, because everybody has the freedom for life, liber- life, liberty, and the freedom of And I think, honestly, Chester is just a basic bitch. Uh, yeah. Just my thought on it. Her bowmaster. I mean, not her bowmaster. Uh, Shipman, Harold Shipman. Yep, as a Shipman, and then Colin Norris, oh, all yeah. the same. You're just a basic bitch. Yeah, I have, I've done. Yeah, and there's no redeeming qualities. None. I don't see any. I mean, and usually, I mean, this is a sad part: is a lot of them, even if they're on death row, show remorse, right, for what they've done. By and large, yeah. You know, say yeah. You know what? I did it. I'm sorry. You know, they show remorse, on some oh, level. Or they at least admit who they are, you know? And, yeah, this guy, I just, no. I don't see anything redeeming at all right now. No, he thinks he's all big and bad and things like that. I don't really think that he is. I Granted, he looks intimidating. Oh, very, very much so. He's a big dude. But I would be willing to bet good money. If somebody stood up to him, he'd cower. He would back down the second that you clock him one time in his fucking pie hole. Well, it looks, it looks like he has a scar on the side of his face, too, so it looks like somebody sliced him. Yeah, probably ain't fighting with them anymore, is he? Probably not. You little fucking bitch. That's probably why he went to people who were defenseless. Of course. You know, because that scar looks rather old, so I don't know. I just... So why do you think that he was overlooked for so long having that long history? I mean, and he stood out. He's not like a typical serial killer that kind of lurks in the darkness oh, no, and things no, like no. that. Oh, no, no, no. He was like out there being openly violent. Yeah, he's openly violent. Everything is pointing to him as far as if, if you look at the history. Right. Honestly, this is sad to say, and I could be totally off base, but sometimes they get overlooked because they are the most obvious. Okay, I'll give it that. I still will go with who I've been defending all along, which is his victim pool. Yes. He's picking on homeless women, mostly, and he's after hookers. Right. And these are the disposable people of the world. They are. And they once are. again, if you're listening to this and you're in law enforcement, please fucking remember, and everybody else, a life is a fucking life. Somebody actually gives a shit about these people. Somebody does. You would think, by and large, let them live. Let them get reformed. Let, yeah. let them live their you fucking life. Just because of how they're living their lifestyle, there's a reason. And you and I have talked about this. Usually, if somebody is out on the streets, homeless, you know, prostituting for money, there's a reason they are out there. Exactly. Okay, well, let's look at drug addicts. Yes. Okay, because I'm a junkie not using, and you're a junkie not using. Because we've both been clean a long time. Okay, so let's say that you had another person that was a junkie in the room with us, but he's all in tatters. What's the difference between him and us? Well, nothing. We're all three of us junkies. Yeah, he's just currently... He's just currently on a very downward spiral. Yeah, and there's a reason, and yeah. Right. 
you know, there, there's a reason why people self-medicate, whether it's just because they like the feeling, which I liked it, but I also, you know, to quiet my own demons. I was going to say, we both were fighting very vicious demons, Scott. You know, um, you okay over there? Yeah, I'm, I have allergies, and your cat kind of been rubbing up against me, so I'm like cleaning my, the gook out of my eyes. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Clean the gooks out of your eyes. I love the way that looks. Like, yeah. The disgusted look I gave you. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of used to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, obvious question. Do you think he would have gone on killing? Uh, no doubt. There's nothing that would have stopped him. Something to think about. Do you think that he would have eventually been killed? Possibly. And that just popped into my head. Because you know why? Because a lot of people are starting to arm themselves out there on the streets now. Not only that, but if you're aiming at, at hookers... What if she has a very vicious pimp? Oh, that too. Yeah. That's livestock because to them. That is like their bread and butter right there. So they're there. making their fucking money. Yeah. You just now took money out of their pocket. The good way of fucking getting popped. Yeah. Because if you ever read um, Iceberg Slim's book, Pimp, which I strongly recommend everybody read. Um, I do not. They have a... He calls them bottom bitches, but they're the number one prostitute out there that kind of corrals the other ones. Oh, shit. And if you freaking go after a bottom bitch, bitch, you're dead. Holy shit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that, that was something that just crossed my mind. And also, with... Uh, number one, it, it was a long span. We're talking like a 10, over 10-year 10 span. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is the biggest part that's concerning for me. Why... It, <sighs> I also read in other places that he had four kids in total, but with all of his relationships, he was highly abusive as well. Yeah. So that was my concern was kind of figuring out why didn't you look at the area? Yeah. You know, like, okay, if the cops knocked on my door because I have a history of violence and said, hey, this is what happened. We want to talk to you. I wouldn't even turn him away, even though it's the Vancouver PD and I'm probably going to go to jail because I'm the suspect on everything. You know, but if they want to talk, I would I would talk to them. Right. You know, you can question me. You can ask me where I was on the night of the 15th or whatever. Right. Well, and I told you about that time because of my criminal history when there was an incident in Portland and the cops showed up at my door because three people picked my picture out of a mugshot. I would. Line up. And I'm like, what the hell? And then when I saw the video surveillance of the woman, she was... Quite a bit shorter than me, but, you know, the way she wore her hair was similar. I'll tell you, I want to say that I know about crimes just so I can pick your picture out of a six-pack of mugshots. Just to be a dick? I don't care. Okay, we're looking for an African-American woman who has hair extensions, but that's her right there. Sir, that's why. No, this is the woman I saw (laughs) right there. Uh, I think, hypothetically speaking, she might live in Forest Grove. Or around that area. You know, Western Washington County, damn you. <laughs> she lives somewhere out there. I would definitely go question her. That's who I saw. If she's not involved, if she's not the woman you're looking for, then she's definitely an accomplice. I would do that every time. This, this is not the woman you are looking for. <laughs> you're not looking for a black woman. You're looking for a Sasquatch-looking white woman. This is the woman you're looking for. And then a Jedi mind trick, they'll be like, this is the woman we're looking for. Let's go, detective. And then yeah. they're out at your house going, knock, 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 knock. Hey, open the yeah, door. I'm just glad that I had a solid alibi for both of the incidences that occurred with this woman. Otherwise, oh, I'd have been screwed. <clears throat> That's good. But yeah, it's crazy. It is. It is. But, 
you know, also, you got to think of the area, so I'm pretty sure there's some pretty thuggish type of guys in South Central L.A. Right, and then also, let's look at it this way. It was, They were black prostitutes, right? They were African-American prostitutes, right? For the majority? You know, I didn't even see what nationality they were, believe it or not. Okay, because I did see some pictures. Um, so, you would also figure, because, I mean... We talked about it before. The majority of serial killers are white male. Yeah. So the fact that he's being violent, he's not a white male being violent. You understand what I mean? So why would you associate him uh, with a serial killer? Okay, I, I kind of see that, but I don't, in my head, I try. I tend to really, as much as I make fun of every nationality, right? I take race out of it. I know, but but I guess we cops learn don't. cops don't. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's very, very true. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. Let's so. call a spade a spade, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. A monkey, a monkey. Scott. Well, I'm thinking of this going to the zoo. I, was, I like the monkey exhibit. No, I really do, man. They got some really, really cool primates there, and birds. They got lots of birds. A leopard doesn't change its spots. No, but they do change their coat when it gets cold outside. They wrap on up. Light a little campfire, roast marshmallows. And a doublet. They don't and a pl- laptop and a chicken leg. But they don't play with other cats, uh, cats because sometimes they're a cheetah. You like that dad joke? Yeah, pretty good, yeah. <laughs> sometimes they're cheating. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up this short episode. Yeah, this is kind of short, but then... Not a whole lot of information. I mean, it's sad that it took them so long to find him. Right. And it sickens me that he, like, was feeding off, not only fed off the fact that he murdered this woman, because that satisfied some deep need in him, but he also went and fed off her family's sorrow. Right. And I'd read somewhere, I think it was Vance that he killed, Paula Vance that he killed in a, uh, a public outhouse. That's where they found her body. It was something like that. In a freaking porta potty. In a fucking porta potty. Yeah. That's not the way I want to go out. For those of you who haven't been into a porta potty, sometimes sometimes they're really clean. Most of the time, not, not so much. So much. <laughs> I won't use one. Oh, I will. I, just, I will not. I just line everything with toilet paper. Well, and I think a I lot of do. it is because of my claustrophobia. Because it's like you know. My claustrophobia is no joke, dude. It is, like, debilitating sometimes. I like using them, and I always bring a Sharpie with me. So, I, you know, and I write things, like, for a good time, call Tammy at. And you give my number? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Thanks. And then draw, like, a big dick with a mouth and. Of course. <laughs> duh. <laughs> yeah. Straight up pimping, yo. <laughs> All right. Remember, that the, you can send us an email. At BrutalNation.cast at gmail.com. And I'm pretty sure I'll get hate mail over this one. Probably. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Click on that Amazon link so that way they can shop on Amazon and it helps the show. doesn't cost you anything extra. Check out our blog sites that have uh, picked us up at Vocal Media, Medium, and Hub Pages. Just put at BrutalNation. It'll pull up our stuff. We're adding more and more and more Every single day. This show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved, so don't steal our stuff. 
It's damn mine. It. Damn it. And uh, if you got a podcast, stop getting all your information off of fucking Wikipedia. Yeah, please stop <laughs> getting your podcast information off Wikipedia. I'm not picking on them because that's just what some people do. But I kind of am because there's a lot of lot of really cool information. Well, well yeah, and it's like if they just did a little research, and it bothers me because we get the comments about how we're wrong because these other podcasters. It's like, no, dude. Yeah, no. Do the research. Do the research. Well, because uh, here's why I go beyond just like Wikipedia. Oh yeah. Wikipedia gives me my outline mm-hmm. of what I should be looking for. And, uh, but as I dig deeper and deeper, most of the time, not all the time, because like on Chester here, it's pretty straight and to the point. He's a, he's a piece of garbage. He was a thug. He killed women right. and was a bully and with, with, with low, low social skills and, uh, right. and, and uh, a low IQ. Yeah. Um, you know, but most of the time I get some really cool tidbits like on Bonin. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Which is tomorrow's episode. Uh, researching just different outlets and everything like that. Oh, yeah. You get different, like, perspectives. And I found a book that one of his, co- uh, one of his uh, co-defendants wow. wrote, and I stumbled upon it. And um, I was reading it yesterday when you came into studio. But uh, it was, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God, this is great. And it's, it's written by somebody who doesn't write. Right. So it's understandable that the writing kind of uh, isn't up It's poorly to written. Par. Yeah, but, but still. But it's, it's like a first-hand view of what uh, name was uh, uh, James Monroe witnessed and went through and what, what he did during the murders. Oh, wow. Like as far as fleeing and stuff. But we'll get into that tomorrow. But yeah, you know, dudes, there's some cool-ass shit out there. If you're serious about serial killers. Yeah. And, well, and I tell people this all the time. Don't look on page one, two, five. No. Look on 10, 20. Those, that's where you'll find the good shit. Oh, yeah. Dig deep. Like picking yeah. your nose, dig deep. You get to the blood. <laughs> you like that one, too? I did. You're over there that fucking gross. diet. I am, but yeah. All right. So, show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue, LLC. All rights reserved. I already said that crap. All right. We will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.